is this Jesus, son of God, son of man? His words prevail around the globe, spanning centuries, cities, knowing no sphere of influence? He needed no platform for his words to gain notice. He's the most influential, controversial figure to have ever walked the earth, the most interesting man to ever live and die and live again. Why is he so talked about, so sought after, so loved, yet so disliked? And how does his life impact your life? As we look back at the life and words of Jesus, we'll discover the life that we were designed to live. Welcome to City First Church. We are so glad that you are here. I want to take a moment to greet everybody that's watching online, everybody watching from Cape. Come on, can we make some noise for everybody watching at God behind bars? Uh, maybe you're watching on the Pando app. Maybe you're watching on YouTube. Maybe you're watching on your Peloton. God will speak to you there. Uh, wherever, you, wherever you're watching from, I believe God's going to speak to you today over the past couple of weeks. We've been in a series called Vintage Jesus. We've been looking at the parables of Jesus. If you're trying to figure out who Jesus is, that is a great place to start. We're looking at his words and looking at how those words can have such an impact on our lives. Uh, you may or may not be uh, a church person. Uh, perhaps you're not a church person because you had an experience with somebody else who called themselves a Christian and that, that threw you off a little bit. They, they claimed to be a Jesus person, yet they did things, maybe said things that didn't resemble what most of us would say is Jesus-like. And, and, and I totally get that. But here's, here's what I want us to consider this weekend. If you should say, hey, I'm, I'm not really a Jesus person. I, I, as we look at some of these very, very powerful words of Jesus, I think we should never let a Jesus person keep us from following or growing closer to Jesus. And so in the event that you've walked away from Jesus because of another pastor or Jesus person this weekend, and I know it might be a little presumptuous, but I'd love to invite you back. I'd love to, I'd love to invite you back to have a relationship with, with Jesus because I would hate for you to miss out on your destiny because of what one of us made a mistake, said something, did something, and, and, and that's not a good reason to walk away from Jesus. So presumptuously, wherever you're watching from, I, I want to invite you back. So, before we jump in, I think we have to answer this question. Why Jesus? I mean, Jesus is arguably one of the most interesting, influential, and controversial men to ever live. I want you to just think about that for a minute. Thousands of years after this man lived, people are still gathering to lift up his name. And when people do, marriages and families get back together, depression falls off of people, people can get healed. I mean, people can experience peace that makes no sense because they keep gathering all around the world to lift up this name, Jesus. There has never been a human in history that has had that kind of impact. I mean, you just think about it like this. Even our calendars, what do we say? BC, nobody says before Buddha, nobody says that, okay? BC, like this, this man has had an influence whether, whether you call yourself a Christian or not. And, and here, here's what I know about you, here's what I know about me. Somebody is going to have an influence on your life. No, somebody, somebody, some way, shape or form is going to have an influence on your life. For some of us, our family has had a great influence on us. Their vote on 
who we should date, where we should go to school, where we should live, where we should work, has carried a significant amount of weight. For others of us, it's our friends that have, their vote has mattered the most. Their vote has carried a significant amount of weight in our life. For some of us, the person that has had a lot of influence on us is somebody, maybe we just admire them from a distance. Maybe it's someone we're following. It could be an author, could be an artist, could be an athlete. Maybe it's Megan Stallion. You like, I'm a savage. I'm like, okay, that's your deal. Okay, that's what you decided you wanted to do. Maybe it's Kanye West. Maybe it's Justin Bieber. Maybe it's LeBron James. Maybe it's a political figure. Who said woo? Who, this is Michael Jordan town. Oh, you said Bieber. Okay, okay. I thought you were going LeBron. I was about to have a whole nother message. Okay, sorry. You threw me for a minute. You threw me. My bad. Okay, I, you got on Jumpman today. Jordan. Okay, we're making sure we're at we're Jordan's house. Okay, Jesus' house. You know what I mean. Anyways, the reality for every single person under the sound of my voice is there is somebody in our life that we're going to have to choose to let influence us. Might I suggest Jesus? Might I suggest that there is no greater person in human history that we could be gleaning from or trying to model our life after than Jesus Christ? When you look at the impact that his life had on the people he lived with in his day and the impact his life continues to have on us today, don't we all want to have an impact? I mean, don't we all want to have more than just a job? Don't we all want to have more than just files? We want to make a difference. We want our life to matter. There is nobody's life that has mattered more than Jesus Christ. And so I know there's lots of conjecture about Jesus and what he stood for and all of that, but I, I just think when we look at the parables of Jesus, we really hear from Jesus what he is really all about. Today, I, I want to look um, at a parable found in Matthew um, that I think speaks to something that each and every one of us has to wrestle to the ground at some point or another in our life. It's something that I think we all can struggle with even on a daily basis for some more, more than others, and that is comparison. And uh, today I want us to look in uh, the book of Matthew, and it says this in Matthew chapter 20. This is a parable of workers in the vineyard. It says, this will help you understand the way heaven's kingdom operates. There once was a wealthy landowner who went out at daybreak to hire all the laborers he could find to work in his vineyard. After agreeing to pay them standard day's wage, he put them to work. And then uh, the, the story goes on to say that this owner went out at four different times during the day and actually recruited new workers. So he recruited some at 9 a.m., then he went at noon and recruited some more, then at 3 p.m., went and recruited some more, and then at 5 p.m., recruited some more. And, and he would say this, he said, he said to them, then, then go and join my crew and work in my vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard went out to his foreman and said, call in all the laborers, line them up, and pay them the same wages, the same wages, starting with the most recent ones I hired and finishing with the ones who worked all day. When they realized what had happened, they were offended, you would be too, and complained to the landowner, saying, you're treating us unfairly. They've only worked for one hour while we've labored and sweated all day under the scorching sun. You've made them equal to us, the landowner, the landowner replied. Friends, I'm not being unfair. I'm actually doing exactly what I said. Didn't you agree to work for the standard wage? 
If I want to give those who only works for an hour equal pay, what does that matter to you? Don't I have the right to do what I want with what is mine? Why should my generosity make you jealous of them? Now you can understand what I meant when I said that the first will end up last and the last will end up being first. Everyone is invited, but few are the chosen. Today I want to speak to you on the subject of favor is fair. Favor is fair. Spirit of the living God, I ask that you would speak to people today. That you would give them everything that they need to grow closer to you. And may we understand you just a little bit more through this parable today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say it. Um, I live in Texas, grew up in the great 815. And what's interesting about living in Texas, having grown up in the 815, is in Texas, anytime there's just a little bit of ice, just a little bit of snow, everybody freaks out. I'm like, y'all need to relax, okay? Let me show you how we drive in the snow. They're like, no, we can't do it. We're not going anywhere. We're going to shut down all restaurants. I'm like, listen, y'all need to just chill out. So we had a snowstorm, a little ice storm about a couple months ago, and they shut down all the restaurants. And me, being the prideful person that I am, said, you know what? No, 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 no. We're going we're gonna to find excuses to drive in the snow. Okay, my wife's like, Ryan, why don't you sit your butt down? Don't go nowhere. I said, no, we hungry. I got to go hunt for food. You know, like I need to go figure this thing out. I'm constantly looking for reasons to leave the house. She said, babe, there's nothing open. I go, but I will find something that is open. I said, darling, would you like Starbucks today? She goes, I would love Starbucks, except there's no Starbucks open. I said, you don't know what I know, okay? I got this, okay? And so I drive four miles an hour to this Starbucks that is, you know it, it's closed. And if you're married and you ever promised your spouse a snack and you show up empty-handed, it's going to be a long night for you, okay? So I'm like, I cannot fail. And so I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden I realized there is a Starbucks in a Target. And I thought, Target's open. Okay, Lord, be with me right now. I need your favor in my life. And so lo and behold, Starbucks in Target was open. And obviously half of North Dallas heard about it because the line was all the way to the back of the store. And I said, I will stand in line as long as it takes. I will not show up empty handed. Okay. I have been married long enough. You do not show up without that Starbucks. And so I'm standing in this line for about an hour and there is one worker, one. This lady, man, listen, she's my hero. She was taking orders, putting ice, shaking it, and then pouring stuff. I'm like, she's sweating. I'm like, this lady needs a raise. I don't know if she works for Target or Starbucks, but nevertheless, she is putting in work today. And I thought, you know, I, I really, I really just want to, I really want to bless her. I want to, I want to bless the Starbucks workers. They're, they're serving us in the storm. They're working double shifts. And so, and so what I did is, I, I knew a friend at Target. I said, hey, I don't want to make a big stink about it. I said, hey, I, I, I gave him 40 bucks. I said, hey, just give it to, give it to the Starbucks worker. Man, she, she's doing a really great job. I just wanted to say, hey, thank you for, for serving us all today. And then, lo and behold, another Starbucks worker showed up. And there's a tip jar, okay? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. You just got here. No, 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 no. Hey, give me my mom, my money, Mike. No, no, no. She getting it. I don't know her. She ain't did nothing today, okay? But isn't that us? 
I mean, is, aren't we all playing the fairness police? And in the kingdom of God, it's like, that's not your decision to make. You, you, you don't get to be the, the fairness judge, especially when it comes to the grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. And so this parable, this story of the workers in the vineyard tells us that I, I think it forces us to wrestle with three questions today. Three questions that I, I think when I, when I read this parable, I think this is what convicts me. This is what stands out to me. And the first one is this. What has your attention in the vineyard that shouldn't? Dare I say, who has your attention in the vineyard that shouldn't? We all have a vineyard. We all have a vineyard that we're just looking around. What do they got? Versus what I have for some of us, it's a class and you're comparing grades. For some of us, it's a job and you're comparing salaries. Some of us are on Zoom. We're comparing backgrounds. Like, how'd they get that? What's that? What, would you, who, who decorated your stuff? Well, how'd you do that? For some of us, it's a neighborhood. And we are keenly aware of what our neighbors have and we compare it to what we have. For some of us, it's an industry. We look around within our industry and go, well, this is what they're doing versus what we're doing. And we come to some very odd conclusions about it. I would say most of us, it's an app. It's our new newspaper. Except it's not just on world news, it's on neighbor news and friend news and family news and in our vineyard. What I know about you, what I know about me is we have the temptation to look over around our vineyard and compare it to what we're getting in our vineyard. I mean, at some point, I think you and I might, might have to really wrestle this to the ground. What's got my attention that maybe shouldn't have my attention? Uh, maybe you lost your job, your business struggled, and then you got this friend that somehow thrived in the pandemic, they got a PPP loan, their business ain't even legit. They tricked the government into giving them money. And you know that, right? But you're like, Lord, what? I'm struggling. I'm searching for jobs. They're searching for vacation spots. This isn't fair. You worked hard, they're lazy, and somehow it doesn't seem like either of you are getting what you deserve. I mean, have you ever had a colleague get promoted? And you didn't, and you think, they don't do nothing. <laughs> and, and, and you cussed in your head, you, but you, I'm not going to say it, but you, you do it in your head, right? And you're like, they, these dudes, these dudes, like, what? And at some point, you're just going, are either of us getting what we truly deserve? Because they're always late, and you're always early. They cut corners, you go the extra mile. They're rude, you're considerate. And somehow it doesn't seem like either of you are getting what you deserve. Now, this is really hard when you're single and you're praying for a relationship. And then you see people who don't never pray get engaged. And you're like, Jesus, they haven't called you in 10 years. And you're dropping off good looking six figure income earners at their door. Really? I mean, in this parable of the workers in the vineyard, Jesus tells us they only knew what everyone was getting at the end of the day. That's how they found out. Like they worked the whole day and realized, whoa, 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 something's 
off. But when you fast forward to our day and age, uh, we actually can wake up and find out what somebody got at the beginning of the day. All we have to do is turn on our phones. And we can discover what somebody else got. This is where they live and how they're living. This is where they ate and what they ate. This is where they vacation. This is what their organization is doing that ours is not. And what happens when you and I are looking around the vineyard, every single one of us gets incredibly creative. Because we get creative with our storytelling. You might say, Ryan, I'm not a creative. I don't paint. I don't write. I don't sing. I don't design. Oh, but you are Steven Spielberg when it comes to how you tell stories about other people. Um, we start telling ourselves details about somebody else's story that weren't even posted in the story that they put up. You start filling in the blank with stuff. I, I remember when uh, me and my wife uh, moved into our neighborhood and we, we felt good about our house until we started seeing everybody else's house, right? We started just making, hey man, what kind of floors they got, man? I ain't never seen floors like that. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, you got a Tesla, huh? Okay, I see what you're doing. Yeah, all right, all right, all right. Where you work, bro? Like, you just start, you just start playing this, this game in, in, in the vineyard. And you start wondering what people do for a living and, 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 and here's, Here's what I want you to know about storytelling, and it's very interesting. The stories we tell ourselves about other people are rarely true. They're rarely true. I mean, you just think about this person that you have in your mind, and you're thinking, they got it made. Oh, man. Their life is awesome. I don't know that that's a true story, my friend. That's a story you told based off of something you saw on your phone. Let's take it to another level. The stories that other people tell themselves about us are rarely true. The reason we know this is because none of us ever post our truest story. We're all lying a little bit. Just be honest. You don't look that good, and neither do I. It's the truth. Like, I'm in 4K right now. I don't live in 4K. Like, I'm just being honest. And, and then on, on social media, what will be posted will be the, the, the best 30 seconds of this message. And people are going to be like, man, that message was really great. If you watch the whole 30, it wasn't as great as it sounded on it. I mean, it's just... I mean, how many photos did you take to get that one? We, have you ever done family photos? Kids are jumping all over the place, spitting, pooping, and like, but then we don't capture that and post it for everybody. No, we send the best and say Merry Christmas. So none of us are posting our truest story, so we know that the stories we're telling ourselves aren't true. And here's what I want you to know. Here's why this is so very important, and you have to catch this. We can't be effective in the vineyard if we're so focused on everybody else's portion and comparing it to our own. You won't be affected because you'll be constantly looking around going that you'll lose focus on actually doing your job in the vineyard. What I want each and every person under the sound of my voice to know is God has a place for you in the vineyard. Stay focused on what God has given you to do in the vineyard. The second question that this parable forces me to ask is this, is, well, how are you measuring your life? 
I mean, how are you measuring your life? Because Jesus, Jesus in this parable tells us that the kingdom of God is like this. It's the, the last are first and the first are last. In other words, the domain, the culture and community that Jesus is building, the way we get in line is just a little bit different. The ranking system of Jesus is in dark contrast to ours because our ranking system is typically measured by, what is it? Wealth, followers, beauty, degrees, and especially hard work. We're taught at a very young age the value system of hard work and what it will earn you. Um, if you work hard and get good grades, you can go to a great college. If you work hard at a great college, you can get a great job. If you work hard at a great job, you can work your way up to earn a great income. And here's the deal. Um, I am a proponent of hard work. I'm often accused of being a workaholic. And so I'm an advocate, certainly, for hard work. But when you start following Jesus, it will force you to redefine your ranking system. Why is this so very, very important? Because if we try to relate to God based on what we've done, what we deserve, what we think he should do for us, we're going to end up just as confused as the vineyard workers. Going, but you, you saw what I did, right? Almost like we feel like God owes us something for our faithfulness. Don't I deserve to get remarried? Don't I deserve to get that job? Don't I deserve to have a house like that? Don't I deserve to be healed? Don't I deserve for my kids to love Jesus and to be successful? And when we're measuring our life and finding our ranks and playing the fairness police, any one of us can find ourselves mad at people and or mad at God disappointed with God that he didn't give us what we thought we deserve. God, are you watching? God, are you, look at this. You, what? Don't I deserve to have children? Yet you're giving kids to people that don't even want to be parents. Don't I deserve this? And I, and I, I believe what this parable does to us, and I think what it challenges us to think about this weekend is I think it's vitally important that all of us deal with any unspoken bitterness, whether it's toward God or other people. Because sometimes you may not say it out loud, but you be walking around the vineyard with an attitude. You ain't said nothing, but your body says everything. Show up to work with an attitude, what's wrong? Nothing, nothing, nothing. They don't never pay me. They ain't pay me like John, John, John over there balling. He pulled up in the BMW. I can't believe you. But I want you to realize how Jesus measures our life and how things are ranked. And what you have to understand this weekend is this, is Jesus' ranking system isn't based off of a list. It's based off of one thing, his work, not hard work. His work. That's, that's, that, that's the only reason we're in the vineyard in the first place. We didn't do anything to deserve to be there. 
Somebody else did something for us to be in the vineyard. I mean, we've all heard the phrase, you get what you pay for, right? It's the phrase we all use whenever we think we're getting a deal until we actually get the deal and we quickly realize we got what we paid for. Growing up, uh, my parents always had this mechanic in the hood that could fix cars. He'd be like, yeah, 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 I get some parts over here in the junkyard. Why? Why are we getting the parts from the junkyard? Why can't we get it from the dealership? Like, that would be a great idea. They're like, no, 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 I got you, I got you. I'll fix your carburetor. I fix it. I'm like, mom, did you catch what he said? He only takes cash. It's real shady, right? And it's just like, but the car will be fixed. And I'm like, yeah, but we're going to get what we pay for. I remember the first vacation I planned for my wife and I, and I swear I thought we got the best deal at the best hotel. I said, babe, we're going to Puerto Vallarta. She said, when you start speaking Spanish like that, I said, girl, don't worry about it. I got us, okay? We're going to be good. Now, my Expedia game wasn't what it is today, okay? And uh, we messed around and got a hotel that had no air conditioning. And they said, we like the breeze in this hotel. I said, no, we don't. No, no, we are from America. Like, what? What do you mean the breeze? We sweating in the hotel room. I'm gonna take a shower every four, five minutes. I'm like, this is, this is crazy. And I'm like, I thought we got a deal, but no, we, we got what we, what we paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, when it comes to the kingdom of God, we don't get what we pay for. We get what Jesus paid for. Jesus paid enough for us to be in the vineyard. And I know as Christians, we often pride ourselves on being in this special group of people. But the only thing that makes us special is that we're forgiven. That's our hallmark, okay? There is no amount of speaking in tongues, giving a certain amount to church, serving a certain number of hours that can get you more forgiveness. At the end of the day, we're all getting the exact same thing, which is the forgiveness and grace and mercy of Jesus Christ. That's what makes us who we are. And that can be a tough pill to swallow when we're playing the comparison game. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing mercy and grace of God takes a great deal of trust on our behalf. To say, God, I have to trust you with what's fair. Because at the end of the day, we're all in a group of people that got what we didn't deserve. And this is why I think we should be in a place where we can be happy for other people. I'm happy that you're in the vineyard at all. I'm not comparing what I got to what you, I'm glad you're here. And if we hold ourselves to the fairness measuring stick that we hold other people to, then it's not fair that you get what Jesus paid for. And we must remember that you got something you did not deserve. You were given favor you didn't deserve. So maybe favor is fair. After all, this changes everything for us. This should change how we look at the person on the right and how we look at the person on the left. This should change how we go to work because you're walking into work, not, not comparing, oh my gosh, th their salary to my salary and I can't believe they got what I think I deserve. No, 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 I'm walking in going, the grace and mercy of God has hit my life. And so my attitude is just a little bit different. I'm happy to have a job. And I think that's what the, the third question that this parable makes me wrestle with is this, is, is there anything in your life that you're taking for granted? If you're in the vineyard and you have a job, you should be grateful you got invited to work at all. Now, I, I found this website the other day. You actually can put in your income, your age, and it will give you the percentile in which you live in America just compare to everybody, everybody else. It, it'll just, it'll, 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 it'll sort of rank you a little bit. 
And um, I was getting ready to, to speak to some uh, high net worth individuals, and I put up the scale. I just put it up on, on a slide. And, and here's what's interesting. Um, there were people in there that were in the top 1% to 10% of people in America. And the funny thing is, they didn't know it. Because they spend most of their time and energy looking at somebody else they think is richer than them. And most people in the top 1% to 10% don't feel like they are at all. Because they haven't stopped to look around and go, wait a minute, Lord, you've actually given me some amazing opportunities right in front of me. And in the American workforce is taught to just go, I need more, 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 I need more. Instead of being in the vineyard going, God, I'm just grateful that I even, I'm even in the vineyard at all. Some people looked at the scale and got disappointed that they weren't in the top 10%. I said, you should be grateful that you're on the scale. I think our attitude should be, thank God I've been invited to the vineyard. And ladies and gentlemen, I must warn us, I think one of the biggest mistakes that we can make is to receive a blessing from God and compare it to somebody else's blessing. That's the quickest way to ruin a blessing. Some of you guys, you got blessings. I know so many people who aren't grateful for their job because it's not their dream job. I know so many people who aren't grateful for their spouse because they're not meeting all of these expectations and they've taken their spouse for granted. I know people who take their parents for granted. You ought to be glad you got parents that you can call. I just don't think that we should be waiting for Thanksgiving to be grateful for what God has done for us. I don't think that we should wait for November to take a moment to count our blessings. I don't think that we should, I think we should look around every now and then and just go, God, I thank you for where I'm at right here, right now. Is there anybody in your life that you need to just be grateful for today? Is there anything in your life today that you need to just go, God, thank you that I'm here at all. Thank you that your grace and your mercy has brought me further than my hard work ever could. Thank you that I'm here. I think the full gospel is in this parable. What I love about it is, is there was one guy that showed up to work at 5 p.m. And the doors are... It looks like the doors are closed. Y'all still open? You might think that all hope has been lost for you. You might think that you are too far gone. You might look at some other Christians and go, I don't know all the verses that they know. They, they've been here long. They've been in the vineyard longer than Jesus is letting you know. The doors are still open. My grace and mercy can reach you wherever, wherever you are. It's never too late for anybody. Man, I just... When I look at these three questions today, I just, I really want you to just think about this, maybe even in a small group. What, what has your attention in the vineyard that shouldn't? How are you measuring your life? Is there anything in your life that you're taking for granted? You know, my favorite part about this parable is that at 5 p.m., there was somebody that was wandering maybe didn't think that they were good enough to even be in the vineyard and notice that these workers didn't apply for the job the owner was looking for them recruiting them inviting them 
At 5 p.m., there was a guy walking around the city with no job, with no purpose. And the owner's coming out going, come on. And perhaps he's going, isn't it? Dude, y'all about to close. It's too late. That's why I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you're watching this right now, you might be watching on the Pando app, you might be watching online, wherever you are, I want you to know it is never too late. You are never too far gone for the grace of God to meet you right where you are. You might say, man, I ain't been here all day. I haven't been going to church. I don't know the verses. I don't know the songs. I want you to know it might be 5 p.m. in your life. And Jesus is readily available to you today. He's going, come on in. You can work in the vineyard and far be it from us to go, wait, whoa, 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 what do they deserve versus what I deserve? No, we're just glad anybody's in the vineyard. If you stand to your feet, we're going to sing a song. We sang it a little bit earlier. It's called Cornerstone. There's this point in the song where it says, dressed in his righteousness alone. In other words, I'm not dressed in what I've done. I'm dressed up in what he has done for me and your life might be on shaky ground you might have shaky relationships you might have a shaky career right now and you might say man I need something that's solid I just believe in this next few moments that we can ask Christ to be our cornerstone that we can ask Jesus to be the thing that we build our life on that he would be our solid rock so as the band comes and sings I want you to just join with us to sing this song that you gave us 
that brought forgiveness and grace and mercy and purpose. God, that may that not, may that not escape us. God, we are grateful. God, we choose today not to compare ourselves with other people and what other people have. God, instead, we look to you and we say with grateful hearts, thank you for what you've given us. Thank you for what you've blessed us with. And most of all, thank you for the gift of Jesus and what he gave to us. And with every head bowed and every eye closed in this moment, with everybody staying still, I wanna give an invitation to those of us who maybe, even like Ryan said at the beginning of the service, said maybe you've been running from God. And maybe you have just been like, God, I'm too far gone. But today is your day to come back. Or maybe you're in this house, or maybe you're watching online and you've never made a decision to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of your life. And today you're hearing about how there's this invitation that every single person is welcome in the family of God. And this invitation is for you. No matter where you find yourself at, no matter what you've done, no matter the long list of things that you have, the reasons why God can't accept you, guess what? He says today is your day. You're welcome in the vineyard. And so we're gonna pray together. And if you wanna make that decision today, if you wanna just slip up your hand, you say, Jen, today I wanna make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. I'm not gonna call you out, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but if you are here or you're watching it at home alone, slip up your hand. It's just your way of saying, Jesus, today is my day. I'm receiving the invitation. I'm saying yes to the invitation to make Jesus the leader and forgiver of my life. You can go ahead and put your hands down. We're gonna pray a prayer together with every head bowed and every eye closed. It's our way of saying, listen, Jesus, I choose you today. So with everybody joining, so those who are making this decision aren't saying it by themselves. Dear Jesus, today I choose to make you the leader and the forgiver of my life. Thank you for the invitation to receive this gift. I love you. Help me to follow you. Help me to love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Can we give those who prayed that prayer a huge hand clap? And as a church today, we say welcome home. We say welcome to the vineyard. And if you did pray that prayer, if you're in the house, on your way out, be sure to swing by one of the next step booths. We'd love to put a resource in your hand. It's called New Beginnings. It just explains the prayer that you prayed and the what's next. And if you're watching online today and you made that decision, you can text the number on the screen and we'll send you a digital copy. We would love to come alongside you in this journey and this decision that you just made. So church, can we give those who prayed that prayer one more huge hand claps? Best decision.